Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The Santa Cruz Massacre, also known as the Dili Massacre, was the murder of at least 250 East Timorese pro-independence demonstrators in the Santa Cruz Cemetery in the capital, Dili, on the 12th of November 1991 during the Indonesian occupation of East Timor, and it is a part of the East Timor genocide. On today's program, we speak to two East Timorese trade unionists, one based in East Timor, the other based in Melbourne, Australia, both continuing the struggle for workers' rights and a free, independent East Timor. My two guests are Elizabeth Arujo, based in East Timor, and Carlo Chung in Australia. We'll start with Elizabeth. Uh, thank you, Sister Jesse. My name is Elizabeth Lino de Rauzu. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent Timorese. I'm working uh, with Union Aid Abroad Afida, based in Timor Leste, as a country manager. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, of course, the 12th of November was the anniversary of the Dili Massacre, the Santa Cruz Massacre. It's a significant event on the calendar for East Timorese people. Um, tell me what, tell me about the Dili Massacre. Uh, in 12, uh, on 12th November 1991, uh, there was a protest by the youth, all the Timorese youth who were struggled for the independence of Timor-Leste from Indonesian because we we not recognize Indonesian Indonesia as as part of Timor's and they because we 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 have been independent we, our politicians have been declared our independence on November 19 November 1975 and then Indonesia was invaded uh, Timor-Leste on the 6th and 7th of December uh, 1975. So on uh, on 12th November 1991, uh, <clears throat> most of the youth, the Timorese youth who struggled for independence, uh, commemorate the one week of the death of Sebastian Gomez, the 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 young man who was struggling for independence, being killed by Indonesian military brutally. Uh, at the church, Matayal Church, and uh, on November 12th, uh, because he was being shot by the military, Indonesian military, on the 28th of, of October, uh, 1991, and then 12th November 1991, all the youth, they have uh, uh, commemorated the one week as, uh, as Timor culture, uh, once someone passed. And then on that day, uh, the Indonesian military attack attack the the Timorese the the young generations the young peoples that are fighting for independence uh, they attack them in the in the Santa Cruz uh, Santa Cruz cemetery uh, which the youth they they have a peace loan march from Motayel Church towards to uh, Santa Cruz Cemetery. That's why the Indonesian military is not happy with that because there's a lot of banners, a lot of protests during the, the peace march from Motayel Church to Santa Cruz. That's why the Indonesian military shot 
sought Timorese uh, uh, youth on that. So that's why uh, once we independence, uh, our parliament and the government recognized the 12th November as the uh, common uh, as the uh, commemorations of the young, uh, the the youth, the Timorese National Youth Timorese Day. And the the massacre itself was a watershed moment in the struggle for liber for liberation of East Timor. Why was it so significant at the time? And um more so towards you know like liberation was eight years later um how did that event work to actually push the movement forward yeah uh, the 12th november actually as we call that as uh, it, it, it was actually massacre but in uh, for my 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 re- own reflection is that that is the the struggle of the young the youth peoples of Timorese, male and female, who have struggled for independence, and and it was happened. Uh, that it, it was happened because there is a, a human rights violence because uh, Indonesian military is not happy with the protest, with the, with the peace protest. So that's why they brutally and uh, it was brutally and it was being recorded by Max Lau who was already passed away. So Max Lau recorded this and then hiding the tape and then it's been, uh, it's been uh, broadcasted by, 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 by the televisions uh, in, 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 in internationally. That's why we have the UN have the proof that actually there is a lot of uh, human rights violation because on the 12th November 1991 is a lot of youth being killed by Indonesian military. The you know you talked a little bit about the role of the Catholic Church. The the procession was to yes. a Catholic church and the church has provided a lot of sanctuary to um the liberation fighters. Can you tell me a little bit a- about the role of the Catholic church more broadly in the struggle for independence? Yeah, in, in, in Indonesian time during the struggle for 24 years, the Catholic church play a significant role in that process. Uh, once they, once the youth, the young men and young uh, uh, women that they feel like they was being threatened by the Indonesian military, they, the, 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 the secure place, the safe place for them is that we need to hide in at the church, is the Catholic church, and then all the parish priests they they protect the young young peoples. Because once they hide in there, and then the Indonesian military will not go and attack. But in reality, on the 28th November, 28 October, 1991, the Indonesian military is is it, it's killed, it's shot the young 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 man Sebastian's in the in in Motayel, at the Motayel Church. So uh, during the struggles, as 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 you all know that the uh, the Catholic Church the Priests and the nurse, they 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 play their role is very significant. On that day, in 12 November, uh, Bishop Bello as our hero that uh, he went to the Santa Cruz and then to talk with the, the head of the commander, Indonesian Indonesian military, Indonesian police. Uh, there that yes, this is my my young peoples and my people. So 
respect them and consider them that is how they want that uh, they, they have the right to protest uh, to protest Indonesian militaries that brutally kill their friends. And it is now some uh, 23 years since liberation and we know that under occupation East Timor was one of the poorest provinces of Indonesia. Mm -hmm. How have yep. the people moved forward since that, uh, since 1999 when, um, when East Timor broke free from Indonesia? Yeah, once we 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 free uh, from Indonesia post the referendum, once we hear the, the result from the United Nations that majority of Timor Leste wants independence, and since that we feel we have the freedom, we have freedom now, and um, and we think like you know this is the, the payment for us for for beans. Uh, Every everyone think like this is this is we have our own country because we're not feeling uh, feeling free uh, during the invaded invade in, in Indonesian invaded to Timor Leste in seventy five. So uh, at that at that we are very free country, and since nineteen ninety nine up to now, and if you could look at the freedom of the expression, Timor Leste is uh, number one within the Southeast Asia country. We are better than other countries. So that's why it makes us proud as the young uh, young generations that uh, we are suffering during the struggle uh, for 24 years being with Indonesia. So we feel like, you know, we are the most, uh, even like as a civil society organizations, I can say to you that many meetings that I attend uh, there is a peer on the on the board that you know Timor Leste uh, as the best country in the Southeast Asia in terms of the freedom of expression. Well, the the task of um, nation building is very very difficult, and obviously you've talked about um, some of the amazing achievements of the East Timorese people. But w tell me, where where is this exercise of nation building at? You know what a um, you know, you and I have spoken before. There were recent elections in East Timor. Um, what are some of the uh, major issues facing East Timorese workers and um, building of infrastructure, healthcare systems, education? Yeah, at the moment, we we as a civil society organizations, uh, we struggle for that. Uh, that you know, the government, uh, the government, and state budgets have to reflect. Uh, reflect to the infrastructure, reflect to agriculture sector, reflect on the, uh, reflect on the health systems need to be improved, and they need to invest a lot of money into that because as a new country, uh, we need like to to develop the country. We already independent, so now to we our uh, our task is that uh, develop this country into be the uh, the good country and the uh, the developed country more better and more the peoples can feel like yes we're free now but we need to be free and we need to develop our country to be become a better country in in, in the world that is not easy as as a, a 
as we have events, we have like only 1.3 uh, populations in, in Timor-Leste, but uh, uh, reflect to the, uh, the GDP of Timor-Leste and then look at the uh, challenge that being Timor-Leste been facing. And as you mentioned that about the workers, yes, uh, of course, the workers issue is the uh, the very, uh, what do you call the very importance because uh, there is a law, there is a labor law number four slash 2012, but actually uh, it needs to be socialized by the government to the employers and then also uh, the workers also need to understand about the labor uh, the labor law itself. There are a lot of challenges by the Timor-Leste unions in Timor-Leste to, to, to fight for the workers' rights. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. On the program today, we commemorate the Santa Cruz massacre that happened in East Timor on the 12th of November 1991, as well as what the current issues are in the country. My second guest is Carla Chung, a trade unionist and East Timorese activist based here in Australia. So um, currently I um, focus a lot more on the um, issue around workers uh, from East Timor who comes to Australia to work um, previously on a seasonal workers program um, and um, PLS, uh, which is a Pacific Labor Scheme. Um, but now they've scrapped the seasonal worker program and they've made it as a Pacific uh, as a Palm um, Pacific Australia um, uh, mobilization sort of uh, program. Mm-hmm. Um, but still active on um, try to work for um, justice for Bernard Clary and witness case and we know that recently the case was dropped for um, Bernard Clary but um, unfortunately um, Kay is still hun- under house arrest because his pa- passport has been kept right. away from him since originally it was ordered to be taken away. So um, the campaign is real because um, all the people in East Timor and the Timorese community still feel that um, justice needs to be served. And uh, as we commemorate the Dili massacre of 12 November 1991 and 21 years later, um, the youth are still fighting for a lot of um, justice and the fight is real. Um, But moving on today, we have a different fight. Well, let's um, we'll come to what the fight today is in a moment, but let's um, talk about t- today's commemoration because, of course, it is 12th of November, is the anniversary of the Dilling Massacre or Santa Cruz Massacre. Can you firstly just remind listeners what this event was? So on the 12th of November um, 1991, um, a lot of the East Timorese youth are... Uh, basically gather together to um, to walk on a peaceful protest um, which uh, coincide with the death of um, one of the Timorese youth fighter that were killed in uh, Motel Church on the 28th of October 1991. Um, he was brutally, brutally killed inside the church and uh, basically it was the second week of his uh, death commemorations. Um, 
it was uh, very unfortunate that like a lot of the youth that uh, were gunned down um, and then picked up on the track um, by the mil Indonesian military then and a lot of them were killed and accounted for. So um, it's a very, uh, I don't like to say celebrate because it's a very, very sad um, history. Um, a, a lot of family lost their young one um, and they never come home and never have a grave or, you know, we don't know what happened but a lot of us know that they were killed and a lot of terrible things happened then. But the great thing about it is like we can't forget that uh, at the time uh, the journalist uh, Max Stoll, um, late Max Stoll, um, took a footage and uh, it was uh, smuggled by a, um, another Western um, journalist uh, or activist lady um, who put it under her underwear and um, took it out of uh, Timor um, and uh, the world ended up knowing exactly what happened in Timor since the invasions. The, the, the youth actually um, basically... Uh, brought Timor to the international world and um, uncover uncover um, the, the sad truth and also the, the terrible things um, that happened to Timorese people um, since the invasions. Um, so uh, it was unfortunate that, you know, we, we lost a lot of life and a lot of um, destru destruction continued to happen after up to, to 1999. So... Um, but remember, we didn't stand alone. We had a lot of solidarity from the outside world. The, you know, the Australian community were very supportive. There's a lot of um, um, support that comes out, even from the Union for the Movement for Independence. So um, we never want to forget that. And we wanted to remember and, um, and um, be thankful for everyone's support. And I know that there will be a lot of continuous support for East Timor. How, how do activists commemorate an event like a massacre? I mean, you, you yourself said it's it's obviously not something to be celebrated. It's something to be remembered. Um, what what are the ways that people remember this event annually and keep the struggle moving forward? So um, we don't do big things, uh, but the community gave us today um, at... Um, Middle Park today, um, it's coincided with uh, one, uh, two of the Timorese member of the community, one uh, to be ordained to be a priest, another one but to be a diacon on the um, Carmelite community. Um, we gather together basically to, do, uh, to have a mass of thanksgiving and prayers and um, basically in Timor people light candles all over um, the street. Um, just to remember them, um, to sing and uh, to to celebrate. Not not really to celebrate, but to remember. Um, I mean, even now that I'm thinking about it, it was such a. It's very sad um, for the youth, and I was quite young at the time, and uh, all you could feel is like goosebumps, and. It's sad, sadness, and uh, 
it's 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 just like uh, very hard to accept. Um, people are very fearful um, uh, that you could be the next to uh, to be arrested and to be killed, or um, you never you never allowed to come home again, or something like that happened. So um, something that we need to reflect and. Um, a lot of things change now that we are free, but we're not completely free from what we really fight for. There's been a lot of change in East Timor since the Santa Cruz massacre. Can you talk a little bit to the current issues in East Timor? The current issues um, that we have in Timor, I mean, like we gain independence and um, 31 years after Dili massacre and then we... Um, we can, we I, I don't like to say that we um, um, we've been ha- having a restoration of independence in 2002, even though we declared independence in 1975. Um, but um, due to a lot of the violence um, that happened throughout many years and generations, and uh, um, we we have a lot of like PTSD walking all over. And up until now, there is no proper sort of like help and support for a lot of these um, young people who experience um, uh, violence or witness to violence or somehow have family members who go through violence and lose family members. Um, uh, Today, our struggle is that the youth becomes um, a problem because of lack of employment. So as you know, of that, a lot of our Timorese youth um, trying to get out of the country to find jobs, and a lot of them come to Australia. And recently, a lot of Timorese youth um, went to UK or Northern Ireland, um, or Ireland, and also Portugal, and that leads to a lot of problem. Um, and up until today, as we talk, a lot of young people try to get out of the country to make a better. Uh, living, which is another sort of like fight altogether. And um, I work closely with the workers here in Australia. So there's a different level of um, fighting for a better life and a better future. That's right, because you um, at various points have worked for various unions, in particular the NUW or what it is now, the UWU, um, with organising those horticulture workers. Um when when you worked with them, when you spoke to the East Timorese people coming in on those seasonal visas, working in um, various farms, etc., what, what did they talk about in relation to life prospects back in East Timor, whether they eventually wanted to stay in this country and just their relationship entirely to the political situation back home? And, and again, because, you know, in... in in the early 2000s, in 1999, when we were supporting the struggle, the youth really were the heroes of the movement. And, um, you know, they were fighting for their future. Uh, and, and, you know, here, here we are 20-something years later. Um, what What is their um, r- relationship to, to building uh, the future of East Timor? I think the, the youth plays a very important part even today. Uh, I mean, in the past, uh, we were the sort of like the front line uh, for the fight for independence. But t- uh, today, the youth is uh, the, the current sort of like um, 
probably the second biggest income for the country uh, from um, sending money um, back home to their um, families and um, building Timor Leste in terms of everyone that comes to Australia or overseas are helping their family um, you know, to build a better life. Um, the struggle is big and real, um, but a lot of them are hoping that they can, they can stay longer uh, to work and so that um, you know, they can build a house or have a target to own a small businesses. Um, but I know like the, the governments are working uh, hard on both sides, but um, the reality is there's many other issues that come in between. So um, we still have to work a, a lot harder on that, on many things like you know freedom of association rights and, and workers get to understand about how um, it's, it's good to be a union member, to be better protected so they can understand their right while they're in Australia. Um, so that's, there's, a, there's a lot of level of um, sort of fight basically here for the youth. In the region that East Timor is in, the Asia-Pacific region, there's growing tension between the US and China. In East Timor itself, are they feeling this? I know the president, Jose Ramos Horta, made some comments following the election earlier this year that if Australia didn't do more, um, East Timor might have to reach out to China. I think that's um, that's a that's one of the another real big issues because um, we know that the reason why Timor was invited because it's probably Australian government felt like they have um, easier to deal with Indonesia in terms of like you know uh, the Timor Sea issues um, and um, after the independence in two thousand and uh, the restoration of independence in 2002, we, we were hoping that Timor will um, get a fairer deals uh, with the Australian government. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, the cabinet room were um, sort of listened to. Um, and um, then we have um, our, you know, Timorese hero, which is Witness K, who came out and blow the whistles. And we, we don't want to forget about K because up until today, K is still you know, under a lot of issues uh, where his passport has been confiscated and uh, um, basically he's under house arrest and we, we want justice to be served for people who is trying to do the right thing. And if you believe that, you know, doing the right thing and we want to teach our children, our future generations in terms of doing the right things and uh, we should consider that um, um, to allow Kay to... Um, to be free, basically, like justice must be served for K, witness K, um, and um, in terms of your questions about the relationship between Australia and, and East Timor, Australia and China, well, um, I think historically, um, t Australian sort of uh, community uh, is very supportive of East Timor. Um, it's always it's the Australian government, so. Uh, basically, we want to get a fair deal. Um, and uh, as a Timorese community activist, I still feel like uh, up until now, we still don't get a fair deal.
That was Carla Chung and before her, Elizabeth Arujo, speaking about the anniversary of the Santa Cruz Massacre. And that's all we've got time for on today's program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.